0: Welcome to Gimcrack Video. How can I help you tonight?
1: Hey, yeah, we're just uh, browsing for something a little different. Well, have you tried our
0: Forgotten Classics
1: section? Is that the one over there under the sign that says Blighted by God?
0: Oh, oh, I found something. Have you seen this before?
1: Uh, Never heard of it. Let's grab it. Enjoy your selection can <laughs> <laughs> you 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 know, you know we're still here right well oh.
0: I remember Dark Skies. Do you remember fucking Dark Skies, the TV show?
1: Uh, Yeah, vaguely. That show
0: was cool. At least I thought it was cool when I was 10. It might not be cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things were cool when you were 10. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another episode of Found on Shelf, the podcast where we tell you everything you never wanted to know about movies you probably never heard of. My name is Dustin and joining me on this uh, special episode here is my friend and co-host Patrick. How are we doing tonight?
0: Well, we actually had to watch Spitfire this week. I I tried to watch the room again. It uh, d- <laughs> didn't
1: happen. I just I watched it in my sleep, unfortunately. It's just it lives in my brain now. So, thanks.
0: Yeah, you know, friendship with me pays off in strange ways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh no, um I am uh I am uh uh m- yeah, I'm whelmed. I've been overwhelmed.
1: <laughs> not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed, just overwhelmed. <laughs> just whelmed. Yeah. Well, today we're we're kind of uh celebrating and talking about the uh the life and films of Albert Pyong here. Um he passed away in November of uh, 2022, which by our clock was just uh, last month, but by the time this episode comes out it'll be quite a ways away, but it should come out right around his birthday. So I thought it'd be kind of a, a fitting little, uh, little, little tribute uh, if we shall, to him. Um, have you experienced uh, many of his films?
0: I, honestly, not really.
1: Yeah, I, I I hadn't. I've I've known of a lot of them, but I hadn't seen a lot of them.
0: Um, like I know, I know Jim Cotta exists.
1: Yeah, well, Cyborg was probably the first one I saw with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't he, know if I
0: saw the first cyborg. I saw uh, one of those. I, th- I saw one of the cyborgs. I don't know yeah. which cyborg. Oh,
1: that was a that was a that was a good one. Um, and then I watched. Uh, he, he kind of was all over the place with this stuff. I watched uh, Mean Guns too, uh, which was uh, an iced tea movie in the uh, late '90s that he did. Um, but he's kind of done a a ton of stuff. Um, from like fantasy movies to you know, he kind of kicked off the whole cyborg genre of films. Um did a ton of stuff. Did a lot of uh, collaborations with Charles Band, which is always, you know, I think everyone did. He did a lot of work with the uh the Canon film group who we've talked about before. So yeah, he's 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 had his fingers in a whole lot of stuff. So um I you know I was trying to look at some movies that So were- I, I
0: I have seen the sword and the sorcerer.
1: Mm-hmm. That was his first film. And that was uh was probably the tell. most successful film.
0: And uh, I have come close to watching Alien from LA.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. Did Captain America, the first uh first Marvel movie?
0: Is that the one with Salinger's son?
1: Uh yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the one that was in nineteen ninety with uh yeah, Matt Salinger, yeah.
0: Nope. That would be the one. Such a phony
1: <laughs> so yeah he's 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 done a, a a lot of stuff, a lot of the kickboxer movies, nemesis movies uh just a ton of stuff, so I'll get into him a, a little bit more later, but the film that we're watching today was one that I had never seen before um I saw one little uh animated gif of it, and I was like, I need to watch this movie um unfortunately, it didn't have as many uh <sighs> I don't know if I'd rather call them highlights or lowlights. It was just kind of there. Um, but it was still it was still kind of a fun movie. It was entertaining. We're talking about uh, Spitfire here, which is a uh, gymnastics James Bond movie, I guess. But that's, I'm stealing your thunder here. What, what would be your elevator pitch for this movie? It's not gymnastics
0: James Bond. It's Wasabi. Have you, have you seen Wasabi?
1: I've not seen Wasabi.
0: So Wasabi is, um, is a genre no film. Do you remember Jean Reno?
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Okay, so um, it's a it's an action movie from two thousand and something, two thousand one, where Jean Reno finds he has his lover has died, and he's had this his uh, child for like however long, and she's like a teenager now, and she's in a, a desperate, dangerous situation, and he has to go and protect her in Japan in this action movie. Um now I have not seen this movie in twenty years. I do not know how poorly it has or has not aged, so don't quote me on that uh, but it was, <laughs> it was it was it was it was fun again uh as reference to another earlier conversation, I thought it was really cool when I was fourteen, so I don't know
1: <laughs> yeah how
0: good it is now um,
1: that should be the name of our <laughs> maybe it should be the name of our podcast. it was cool when I was fourteen. <laughs> We talk about movies that were cool when you were 14.
0: <laughs> oh, God. That would change the context of so much of what we've watched. This it, uh, Lance Hendrickson is like a James Bond type character. And he's put his secret child that he didn't know he had in danger. And the action movie, is this child trying to um, navigate this new danger. And their relationship with the father they didn't know they had. Mm-hmm. Same exact concept, except for this is uh, ten years earlier, and also they uh, they they gymnastics fight for martial arts. Yeah, and also Phoebe Waller-Bridge could have played the bad guy.
1: <laughs> All right, it, have you seen Fleabag? I've not seen Fleabag. Uh,
0: remember Rogue One? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I remember Rogue I'm
0: One. Sorry. Oh, she's not in Rogue One. She's in. A, she's in Solo. She's the. She's the droid in Solo.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: She's in the new Indiana Jones movie. All right. So let, let let's talk about it. Uh, elevator pitch for this movie. If you want to see gymnastics fighting, if you want to see gymnastics fighting, but you've already seen Jim cotta and Jim cotta Two, then uh, you've got this movie. It's 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 a real spitfire.
1: Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I was telling you, I was I was trying to prepare for this movie. And I was going to watch it, but I had to take a uh, a work trip and I decided that I did not want to be uh, some dude in his 40s sitting here watching a movie with uh, a chick running around in a bathing suit and doing gymnastics the whole time. I was like, that's probably not a good look to have on an airplane. Probably
0: not. I mean, she was in her 20s.
1: Well, yeah, but still. I was like, I I don't want to get that. I I do have the trailer for this film. If you'd like to be reminded of uh, what you just watched here and what we're about to get. Absolutely. He's America's top secret spy. And he's in too deep. Give me the Ukrainian launch codes. Time to die.
0: Is his country's latest
1: secret weapon. His daughter. Spitfire. Take this bag and leave. Turn around, don't look back. Go. She alone holds the key. So will take you to Hong Kong. That is where the key belongs meet our contact uh. to save the world
0: uh. and uh. rescue her father
1: I'll take you to it
0: Carla don't mind
1: it this Spitfire fire doesn't realize what's going on here my daughter spitfire yeah and there you go spitfire um so yeah it's i mean it's a well so here's just to get it out of the way here's why he did this movie okay so um he was, he was making a new cyborg kickboxing movie called heat seeker. Right. And this movie was facing delays. So he was already traveling to get ready for this movie. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to film an, another movie while I, <laughs> while I'm waiting to film this movie. So he decides to actually film two movies. He films Hong Kong 97 and Spitfire, and just kind of knocks them all about, uh, pretty much at once. Um, and then just we're straight to videos. And, um, uh, Hong Kong 97 ended up being pretty successful, and this one uh, was was not very successful at all. Um,
0: is, that, is Hong Kong 97 also the video
1: game that has a real dead body in it? Oh, jeez, I don't think so. I think it is. <laughs> Give me a minute. Yeah, that would be interesting.
0: Let's see. Hong Kong 97 is an infamous Japan-only homebrew game from the, for the Super Famicom made by... Happy Soft, it was released in 1995. It was a vertical shoot 'em up with anti Chinese and anti communist message. As well as the ga- uh, ga- see, creator of the game, meaning that he created this uh, game as a joke and that he harshly criticized Nintendo and Sega. The game was infamous. Let's see. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when there's a game over screen, and when you see the game over screen, they do have what appears to be a dead body. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> I don't think it's actually related to the movie. No, or if I don't, it is, I, or if it is it's not licensed because it's clearly just some dude.
1: Well, let's see the the movie came out in 94 and the video game came out in 97, so it could have been uh the game could have been inspired by the movie, I guess. I don't know. But uh mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? It's it's an interesting. I've never heard of that that game before, but now I kind of want to I kind of want to check it out.
0: <laughs> uh, I think the angry video game nerd does a video about it.
1: Uh, not surprised, not surprised. Right. But back to uh, our film, our Spitfire film we got going on here.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is this is some fucking uh, Takashi Miyake shit. Where it's like, you know what? I'm already filming three movies. Why not film a fourth? Basically, yeah,
1: <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But he, he used a lot of the same cast and crew, um, while you were filming him because, of, of course, course, why wouldn't you? Um, uh, but I
0: mean, it, I mean, Takashi is probably filming eight movies
1: as we speak, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's see. Uh, what I found kind of interesting about this movie is that. They had to go with nudity in like the first thirty seconds. No,
0: no, no, no. Forty seconds, wrong.
1: excuse me. No,
0: no, okay. no, hold on. I have I have the timestamp. Okay. Uh, this movie has boobs at the forty-five second mark.
1: 45 seconds. But you're also including a little bit of the uh, opening uh tri star and stuff like that. So yeah, but yes. yeah, It's yeah. at the, <laughs> the 45, 43 second mark, there's boobs.
0: Yeah. So and- you get the trimark logo. Uh my note there is, oh no, it already sucks. <laughs> uh, then you get really loud accordions and then boobs in the yeah 45 seconds
1: mm-hmm. yep and this was uh this was a former uh playboy playmate model uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deborah Jo uh, fondren and this was her her final film She was actually in a couple of things she was in mork and mindy in fantasy island and she was in a and comedy her out movie, and everyone probably um well maybe not mork and mindy but <laughs> <laughs> um, nanu, nanu. she was in a comedy <laughs> called uh vasectomy, a delicate matter, <laughs> which looks, looks interesting, but, uh, uh
0: yeah, you uh, know, and uh, I'm sorry, I paused because my brain was trying to find some, some sort of pun to work in there. I, and, I, and, and, I, I, <laughs> I the, the jokes are probably better. They're probably very cutting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Um. anyway, we could snoop. I'm that sorry part it that that was nuts.
0: <laughs> Something oh, along that vein.
1: Yeah, these jokes are firing blanks.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. I, I don't have anything.
1: <laughs> in me. Oh god, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, she is, um, about to, uh, make sweet, sweet love to our a manatee? Guess, Well, He is, he's kind of our, our leading man, but he's really not. Um, but he kind of is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a character named Richard Charles, which is a horrible name that I kept forgetting, um, played by Lance Hendrickson. So we kind of briefly talked about him as the guy that, I don't know, he's, Okay, so we briefly
0: talked about him before the the intro dropped. Let's talk about this. this. Lance Lance Hendrickson of Pumpkinhead fame. Yes. Or... um,
1: He was Bishop in Alien.
0: He's in Near Dark.
1: Mm -hmm. If everyone
0: remembers the the vampire film Near Dark. Or I think he was in Screamers, the weird sci-fi alien movie. Where they're like on an alien planet and these monsters come up out underneath the ground. They're called screamers i think I think he's in that, okay. I think they're like weird razor a- aliens to like cut people's heads off or something. I don't know sounds funny. they're robots. they're robots, yeah, it's like it's like it's like alien <laughs> chopping ball.
1: yeah, alien chopping ball meets trimmers is what it sounds like
0: uh, more or
1: less yeah. so uh Lance Anderson
0: is um. The worst version of James Bond, you could you you, you could pick worse James Bonds, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you would be trying.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, it was an attempt, I guess. He's, he's worked with uh, Albert's worked with Lance on a, another film called Knights a few years before. So I think it was just kind of one of those. Hey, I'm filming this movie. Can I shoot you for a couple scenes? Because there's a couple scenes where it's not him and it's pretending to be him.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's why there's a lot of uh there's a lot of like feet shots and like or shots where you can't see his head.
1: Yep. Yep. So um, you know, I think they just they just wanted a, a name to associate with the film because he didn't really I mean, he had uh, him and Tim Thomerson and uh, that was really about it um for like well-known people at the time. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that's uh, you know, that's probably why he went, he's a he's a you know, older kind of gruff guy. I guess semi fits in a Bond type role, but you didn't see much out of him at all.
0: So the, the, the actual plot of this movie is Lance Henderson's bastard daughter is put in trouble. So she uh, by Lance Hendrickson, James mm. Bond. So she has to run from like an international crime syndicate. And she is aided in this attempt by other super spies who are on. Uh, james bond slash her father's side they just also happen to be his other illegitimate children <laughs> that's hilarious that's a much better movie than what we got they didn't lean into that shit at all they just kept throwing it out there as kind of a joke but it should have been the whole joke it, the it main really movie. should have been
1: it's like it was like spy kids before spy kids was there it's like yeah they just, it's they it's just had this <laughs>
0: it's such a funny concept james bond has a has a whole network of illegitimate children who are also super spies yeah that's That is amazing. And uh, (laughs) what we get instead is it's a flimsy premise inside of a movie, which is about uh, gymnastics karate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we we, we get we get kind of introduced to most of our main cast right up front in this movie. We got um, then you got our James Bond guy and then you got his former lover who is now his. you know, she's the she's the arch nemesis of the whole film.
0: Is is yeah. is, is uh, and so the the flash forward scene is he's meeting with our main character's mother for some like dangerous liaison and like the truest mm. sense of the word and much like the, the dangerous liaisons to the movie wooden acting is a huge danger for what's about to come. <laughs> yes, and this is a dig at Keanu Reeves, which probably is outdated at this point. It's a bad movie, though. Uh, so what happens here is, uh, um, it's that J- James Bond and his his lady friend get interrupted by one of his spurned lovers, mm-hmm. a British agent, uh, also trying to get the keys to the locker with the launch codes. Actually, they want the launch codes. They don't know there's keys to a locker. They just want the launch codes yeah. to um, to some nuclear arms, and Obviously there's a standoff. They try to resolve the standoff through spy trickery and that is Lance Hendrickson hands his uh his uh, his lover. I forget her name. I don't know if they said it. It's her it's um it's our main character's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hands her um Amanda Case. There you go. So, hey, I remember someone's name. That Amanda sounds like Case.
1: A, that sounds like a prank phone call from the Simpsons. I'm looking, what, I'm looking for, for Amanda Hagerkus. Yeah.
0: So Amanda oh, yeah. Hagerkus, she she hands her the the cigarette and she throws it in her martini, and it, the whole thing bursts into flames. And she launches the 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 flaming drink at someone. Now, if you have ever lit a drink on fire, you will know that the whole drink doesn't ignite.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What proof was this? She's drinking an ethanol martini.
1: Yeah, she was drinking pure gasoline at this point. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) she was about to make love to Lance Hendrickson. So maybe it was a really, really strong drink. (laughs) This was supposed to be a tribute show. We're just tearing everyone apart well i uh, kind
0: of i kind of feel bad about it the minute you said it's a trivia show I'm like i have written nothing positive about this movie. oh
1: oh oh no he's made a lot of trash a lot of trash so it's okay and but see the 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 problem you 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 know we kind of talked about this through text before is that it's not quite bad enough and it's not quite good enough it's just kind of there
0: yeah it's it's very mediocre right um it's, it's a middle of the road type of thing and like it's like there's there's really good potential in here. There's quite a few things that are really awesome that aren't fleshed out or explored. and there's quite a few things that are bad that just stand out but don't overpower the scenery. so you're like, uh, I don't know where we're at. One of the more glaring things is the production value. Is the camera is terrible. Uh, it's not <laughs> the worst camera we've had, but it is it is because it is a still a, it's still a legitimate camera, but it's a bad camera.
1: At this least like it's like a type time. of camera throughout the whole thing. Winter beast. Uh, <laughs> 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 any Anytime I can make a jab at winter beast, I take it.
0: Listen, they they just have the different types of camera. They have different types of film stock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> true. So, uh, so yeah, you get this, uh, you get this hotel fight scene that happens and it's your typical kind of James Bond fighting scene. And then, you know, everyone's pretty much dead except for him. Um, he uses a
0: jetpack to get to um, his, his <laughs> daughter's uh, uh, um, gymnastics tournament. Yeah, but like, is is that Malaysia or is Malaysia the next stop on the tour?
1: Malaysia is the next stop. The first stop was Rome. Okay. And this was so exactly wait, all so filmed so wait, scene.
0: So wait, let's pause here. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that this gymnastics tournament tour went from rome yes malaysia Mm -hmm. to athens Mm -hmm. i feel like
1: i think they stopped in hong kong as well but
0: yeah no they didn't no our our heroes go to hong kong oh yeah. the rest of the team goes to athens so so why would it have gone like athens rome malaysia or malaysia rome athens like why would it why would it or or Rome, Athens, Malaysia. Why would they do Rome, Malaysia, Athens?
1: I you know what I don't I don't set these tournaments up anymore, so I'm not sure why they chose that <laughs> route. I'm assuming when when you ran your gymnastics tournaments, that's not the route you would have taken.
0: No, no, it's not. But like I but like I was supplying <laughs> them with trophies. Um, <laughs> All right, I didn't I didn't I, di- I I didn't do the organization part of it. I just pulled the trophies. So. This is a sidebar. This is a true story. I did work at a trophy warehouse for four years.
1: <laughs> All right. A trophy warehouse.
0: Yeah. Trophy parts distribution warehouse for that sold the parts to the
1: trophy shops. Did did they give you any like awards for employee of the month?
0: Oh God, no. That could cost money. Are you insane? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not even like a like a rejected trophy from somewhere else that like had a typo on it. I do have to say that the opening credit scene of this movie was kind of what sold me on it when I first saw it. Because I watched just a little bit of it, and I was like, "Okay, we're watching this movie." Because it was, it was Lance Henderson flying around on a jetpack, but it wasn't really flying around. It was just like it was, it was just like him standing in place with the camera panning to the side, so it looked like he was moving. <laughs> and Which, it was you know, like,
0: it's more effective than an actual jetpack. What is the obsession with jetpacks? They're stupid
1: because yeah. they're awesome spy stuff. I guess
0: I don't know this so, like, like, <laughs> like, every, Everything wants to do jetpacks at this time in history Because you got this, you've got the Rocketeer mm-hmm. um, You've got other spy things that do jetpacks You've got cartoons doing jetpacks What's with jetpacks? Stop trying to make jetpacks happen
1: They will never happen Man just wants to fly That's all
0: uh, <laughs> That's
1: why we've got airplanes <laughs> Very true, very true and stronger
0: <laughs> strains of easily accessible marijuana.
1: <laughs> Just fly in your own mind. And um, yeah, this and the, the credit scene had like uh, women in bikinis holding up guns, and then like chicks doing gymnastics.
0: Uh, all right, so so the idea of the credits opening credit sequence is it's a parody on James Bond credit yes. sequence with like the silhouettes of beautiful women while music plays.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. they have but that. I also got land finishing on a jetpack and. Gymnastics.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> put put a, put a pin in that, center center. The genius part of this is that the silhouettes are women doing gymnastics. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, but they also still have "quote unquote" sexy women, and those are fully on-camera women against backdrops. They're not silhouettes like a James Bond movie would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't understand that because none of them are in the movie.
1: Right? No.
0: They're just all models. And like, cause I kept expect since they were on camera and I could see their faces. I expected them to show up at some point. Nope. And then also every now and then I Hendricks someone comes through in a jetpack,
1: Yeah. Um, for no, reason, just gliding across the screen.
0: But <laughs> our main character's name is Charlie case.
1: Yes. The daughter of uh, our faux James Bond here. And folks, let me tell you, she's a real spitfire. Yes, she is. And could could you believe she was not in a uh not really in another movie besides this? I mean, she was she was in one other movie um where she did um I think it was called like uh Something Body or something where she did a she was just a body double. It was a movie with the uh, original Pink Power Ranger.
0: <laughs> I could see her being a Pink Power Ranger's body yeah. double. Um you mean to tell me with that accent, she didn't have a long staying acting career?
1: No, I was trying to figure that accent out for a while. I was like, "Oh, it's no,
0: generic Southern."
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, she did. Um, yeah. um she was. A, she was a professional gymnast, which is why. Big no, Oz that that much movie. I
0: figured. That's I figured that's why she wasn't actually in another movie. She was a gymnast, not an actress
1: yeah yeah and she was uh she was a national champion in 87 won a bunch of tournaments and she she was like a second alternative for the 88 olympic team so she was good at what she did Mm -hmm. Uh, and all of that
0: while running from an international spy syndicate Mm -hmm. and doing steroids
1: yes all
0: right so a plot in this movie is that charlie is backstage and backstage, we see a bumbling guy who happens to be Tim Thomerson. Tim Thomerson, if he remembers Jack Death,
1: Tim yeah. Thomson in, in a
0: terrible wig.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I actually wrote it in a terrible blonde wig in my notes too.
0: The, the funny, th- there, there's a couple funny things about this wig. The first thing is uh, it's not established as a wig in the show; it's just his bad hair. Mm-hmm. Except he's not wearing it later.
1: Yeah, it's just gone.
0: I don't yeah, At some know. point, it goes away. <laughs> right. And it's obvious that a change has taken place. The other thing about this thing is it, it, I didn't think it was possible to make Tim Thomerson less attractive.
1: <laughs> but they, they tried. They... Inventing new frontiers. Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, Albert did also direct Dollman. So he has he has a lot of movies he did with Tim Thomerson quite a few Thomerson's
0: fun and he's he's a fun character fun ish character in this
1: yeah Uh, he's he's not like a cop no but he's kind of trying to be like this uh, i don't know his his role he's a journalist and he's just trying to find the next scoop but he's also kind of like a badass at the same time and like and also
0: an ex-football player
1: yeah it's you you get like al bundy vibes from that by the way (laughs) It's yeah, like especially at, that one scene later. It's like
0: he's uh. all time scorer at Polk County High.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he's just sitting there like drinking a beer and like trying to like get a scoop on some gymnastics story. <laughs> and it was it was a very bizarre role. And um I I have a feeling that he, the only reason he was wearing the wig was because he wanted to differentiate his role from his other role. See, they were filming this and Hong Kong '97. When I when I say at the same time, I mean like they would film scenes from one movie in the morning and then the other movie in the afternoon. That
0: explains and awful. awful
1: <laughs> so, lot. I I think he might have done this mentally to differentiate his characters between one movie to the other because he would, it's the same crew, it's a lot of the same actors, and it's like shit. I need to I need to be a different person right now. That's the thing.
0: I could see that. The other thing is he might have gone back down the line.
1: Okay. Oh, Realised
0: the wig <laughs> was a bad idea.
1: <laughs> you think when he was he was without the wig is when he was Jack Death?
0: Yeah, well yep, yeah. Yep. Jack Death is like, you know, if I'm gonna be my own grandfather this time, I gotta lose this wig. Yes. <laughs> what we establish in the opening scenes is that Amanda Case has a rival on the Romanian team. I don't think we learned the Romanian rival's name. Oh, she's... Uh, no, do we?
1: No, I don't remember that at all.
0: Yeah. Um, she tries to sabotage Amanda by putting something in the the gymnast powder.
1: <laughs> yeah. A little tiny bag of something in the gymnast powder It just really messes things up, I guess.
0: I assumed it was supposed to be drugs because they were accused her. That's what of I thought. At first. Drugs. So I'm like, this is how they're going to plant drugs on her. Instead. It's supposedly something that makes her slip, but like only after her, she's already soaked with sweat. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, so this
1: was the gift that I saw that I was like, okay, I need to watch this movie because like she's spinning and spinning and jumping on stuff completely fine. But then at mm-hmm. one point she's spinning and spinning And slips off and goes straight up. (laughs) You would think with the momentum and the fact that you're turning when you slide off, you probably wouldn't go straight up. But she goes straight up and then does a little turny flip on the top and lands right on the bar. So the uh, sabotage backfired. And that was a very interesting scene to watch. It's hard to describe how bizarre it is, but. Mm-hmm. it makes no sense.
0: Yeah. You know, the, the, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that wasn't a real priority. You know, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> but yeah, well, what, no.
0: what Amanda does is um, uh, after, after qualifying and winning this, this part of the segment, she goes, the team is ready to leave. They go, they're going to get on their bus for their next stop. Amanda is kind of lollygagging behind smoking cigarettes, being accosted by, Tim Thomerson, who's trying to get a scoop, he thinks they're drug runners and steroid abusers who wants to blow the lid off the corrupt world of gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And she decides to just knock him the fuck out, which she does several times throughout the film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: While she's hanging out by herself outside, uh, who should show up but Daddy? Charles, Richard Charles. Charles Richard.
1: Yeah, Richard Charles. Yeah.
0: Chucky Dick. Yeah. Uh, no, he Dick, comes... Chub- Dick Chucky. Okay. Dick Chuck. Dick Chuck. Dick Chuck.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So Dick Chuck. uh, How much dick could a Dick Chuck Chuck if a Dick Chuck could (laughs) Chuck Dick? Find out in our next episode. (laughs) When we review Let My Puppets Come.
1: Should we, should we, should this episode be titled Dick Chuck?
0: (laughs) They're going to think we just, we're going to think we uh, finally made good on my threat. We're going to, we're just going to review porn. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like a specter that's hung over the entire show as I inches closer and closer. So it's yeah. just the buck wildest suggestion. <laughs> no, no. Uh, what, what happens here is, uh, is uh, uh, Richard Charles, Lance Hendrickson comes up with a key to a locker that has the launch codes that the international crime syndicate won. It is made up of other people in the intelligence community, including uh, some cronies who actually have turned out to be agents of the CIA. They, we figured this out later because they're like, listen, I gotta get back to Langley before they find out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, He plants the key on her thinking that no one will look for her, but then she blows it by staring at him as he gets abducted in a way that's extremely visible. Mm-hmm. And so, crazy British lady number 12, uh, the big bad, uh, what is her name? She calls her, Amanda calls her Butch. So I don't know uh, yeah. what her actual name was. Oh, uh,
1: Carla? Carla.
0: Okay. Yeah, and anyway, Carla. so now they're on to Amanda. Uh, <clears throat> and they're going to uh, a hotel in uh, Malaysia, the Malay Hotel specifically. Mm-hmm. And um, while they're there, Carla and her cronies try to, um, you know, beat her up and find the codes in in her hotel room. And she has a, she fights them,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then um, then her coach interrupts and they all run out.
1: Yeah, the fight scene there is pretty. It has some pretty fun moments that are like just ridiculous fight scenes. Like she does a handstand and then just like rabbit kicks this guy in the face. <laughs>
0: the worst foley.
1: She like. Runs and jumps on the guy, so he's like holding her up, and then she just flips him backwards over the bed.
0: <laughs> it reminded me of uh the bicycle kick from the early um, Mortal Kombat games, that, yeah.
1: Know, was it Street Fighter, Street Fighter, yeah, Street Fighter 2. When uh oh, Luke, yeah, I know what you're talking about where she he flies. I thought you were doing the uh, the yeah, f- kick. <laughs> uh,
0: no, see, because I because I played Mortal Kombat as a kid, yeah, Street Fighter had its own other thing. By the way, we, we could put, we could, we could cover the street fighter movie. It is awful in a yeah. very powerful way. Yeah. No, that's, that's the kind of vibe I got with it. The... Yeah. Uh,
1: it was, I've it got was some celery. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do our own Foley work on this podcast. It'll we'll we might out. next time. I might
0: get some vegetables <laughs> on the side. And go...
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, this whole fight scene happens and then, you know, um, there's a weird scene where like Lance Henderson's yodeling yeah. in the back of a back of a van or something. It's like a weird scene. That they call, they try to call back to you later. I think that's just a way of saying, "Hey, um, we wanted a guy that doesn't really look like Lance Henderson at all, and we want to pretend that it's him. So we're going to make him yodel. That way, when we show him later yodeling, you can guess that it's him."
0: Yeah, because they just use the the old audio from that yeah.
1: sequence. It was because yeah, it's
0: always he's always from the back when it happens, so it mm-hmm. really is that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, it's brutal and terrible, and it's just <laughs> so dumb to have your super spy yodel. I don't. I'm don't sorry. It.
1: it just it just happened, and you're like uh, his,
0: his name wasn't Johnny Oklahoma. What the fuck is he? Oh, yodeling
1: right, and it it kind of comes out of nowhere, and I was like, is that somebody listening to something? And it's you see his head moving. And you're like, oh, that's supposed to be him yodeling. Okay. That was a decision that was made. <laughs> it was not a good one. Uh, but anyway, now we meet her first at uh, Well, we don't know yet, but it's her first uh, half brother. Uh, he walks by and just switches out her Walkman for another Walkman. That's exactly the same. And when she puts it on and plays it, it's like, if you want to find out the truth about your father, blah, blah, blah. Come meet me. Mm-hmm. And then the, the movie just kind of goes through this just repeating thing over and over again. Uh, it's, it's, it's really it's really like a 30-minute movie that just replays itself three times. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, the last The Mohicans. Okay. Um,
0: because that book has the same exact thing happen over and over and over again. They get kidnapped every five fucking minutes in that book. <laughs> and it felt the same thing. Like She gets kidnapped or put in trouble every five fucking minutes. Um, at some right. point, Tim Thomerson joins her. Hmm. Tim Thomerson is increasingly stupid in this film, um, but also increasingly competent at the same time. It's a very strange character.
1: Yeah, he's like a bodyguard almost at, at a point. He's just supposed to be a journalist, so he kind of switches what he is. And it really well, he did get fired. Yeah, it starts to make kind of less sense. <laughs> yes. One would but say. yeah... And then she goes, and then her her, her half brother ends up getting killed, and then she's off to the next country. I think that's when they they go to Hong Kong.
0: They go to Hong Kong. It's it's all set up by her half brother prior to this. And, Who's yeah. trying to save their dad?
1: And uh, she finds get, another half brother. Yes, in Hong Kong. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um,
1: Again, hilarious joke that they did not they did not go with. They didn't go with it enough.
0: They really didn't. It would have been great to have an international ring of super spy children. Yeah. That's hilarious. I I just I can't figure out why that wasn't like that was that was established as a as a running joke but in a way that this movie doesn't know how to land jokes, but man it would be cool if that was the plot. Um uh, so anyway, what actually happens is um Carl and Co show up again and rain holy terror down from a helicopter. <laughs>
1: yeah it's just more chaos scenes and and then yeah she ends up she ends up uh she catches charlie and tim thomerson eventually after they kill her other brother and i mm-hmm. the thing it's like she gets these half brothers just show up and then they end up getting killed i think he died too quickly but whatever and um, off camera yeah Perfect. and then she goes and uh charlie or uh, clara takes charlie and tim to go meet up with her dad in the back back of a van and she's like uh there's, there's this big fight scene that starts. But this is another one of the ridiculous scenes because Claire tries to shoot Charlie and she does this like backflip Matrix thing to, do- to dodge the bullet. because <laughs> she's the one, Neo. Yeah. I was like, oh God. And it was like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I felt like this was just basically the exact same kind of scene that just happened and that just happened before that. It's like they, they wanted to make this whole big... Trotting around the world type movie, and they just kind of repeated the same thing in different countries. <laughs> but so there we are, and then they go back to Athens. Yep, to win the championship. Which actually,
0: I have, I have, I have questions about that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I haven't watched a lot of gymnastics championships, but I have seen like one or two things on the Olympics, and it seems to me. Like, while you might train in a lot of events, you would probably specialize in a comp- competition, only compete in one or two. Oh, no. Maybe three.
1: Uh, but no, she does you, all of the events. You you usually have uh, people that compete. usually have, like, a team of, like, five, and then they, they have to go in all the events. But usually have somebody who's, like, a rock star in one event and then just, like, okay in the other events. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but she, she's great at everything. She's she's she is. She is just amazing at every single competition that she's in. That's why she is the world champion. Yep.
0: And she wins as the world champion. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to her mom's uh, tombstone. Yep. And your her dad is yodeling in the distance.
1: And yeah, a tuxedoed man walks away yodeling. That's obviously not Lance Henderson. But and now now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might think the movie's over at this point because the credits roll but uh-huh. wrong because this movie in 1994
1: yeah 94 does
0: a thing and that is at the very end of all the credits we get an mcu style stinger uh-huh. in which and in which a cia agent says that they're going to need to keep an eye on her she might be
1: useful albert was ahead of his time I mean, he he directed the first Captain America movie. He threw in this little like uh, MCU style stinger. I mean, he building the it?
0: MCU brick by brick within the schlock exploitation world.
1: Yes, the schlock CU. I don't know what we'll call that. <laughs> we'll call it something.
0: Yeah, but in his um, version of the Avengers, Jim Cotta is practiced extensively.
1: That's fine. that is fine and it it may have seemed like we skipped a lot of this movie but a lot of it was just the same thing over and over again like we said it's just it was it was a lot of repeated things um but yeah that is essentially the the movie itself um i do have some things i'd like to talk about about uh the man albert pian himself unless you had anything else to say about the the movie
0: Let's talk about Avien for a little bit, and we might come back to to some points about the movie, but I'm interested to know what else is up
1: yeah, so um, so he was born in nineteen fifty three in Hawaii um mm-hmm. he started making movies using his father's eight millimeter camera when he was ten years old. Mm-hmm. He was uh he making his own little spy movies and surf films and stuff and started working on commercials and that's where he started to figure out how to work within budgets, uh, was working on commercials because he didn't have a lot of money and he's like, Well, what can I do for like no money? And then he came up with, you know, doing a couple of things. Um and he went on to doing uh, The Sword and the Sorcerer, which was his his number one movie that he's that he did. And it was the highest uh, his highest grossing film and it was the second highest grossing film when it was released, which was Now, very I need you to pause. Was real quick
0: before we go further. Is the Sword and the Sorcerer the movie with the woman who has like on the poster with like a Frank drawing but she's got like six breasts?
1: Hmm. I don't remember that poster. But it it is possible. You might have to look that one up here. I do recall a scene in that movie where he does uh, burst through a window and there was a bunch of like topless women in there.
0: I am thinking of a different movie, but this particular this this particular movie just has a woman with like being accosted by a snake with a dark wizard standing over them and a, like a barbarian wielding a giant sword. Because in the movie, the sword and the sorcerer, our hero has a blade that is three swords like welded yes. together.
1: Yes. And one of the and one of the swords actually fires out. Yes, it's a sword it's gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was his, you I mean, can't forget that kind of a movie. Oh no, I mean, he shot this movie for like four million, and he ended up making forty million on it. This, it was well allow yeah, um so and he also started working on um some of the Canon film group who we had we had talked about before as well, um some of their film work, and he said I found an interview with him where he said, um uh, when he was with them, they were using junk bonds to finance their film. And they'd got one of the first home video deals. They were basically, they pre-sold the home videos to these companies and the companies would say, okay, give us your next 50 films and we'll give you this much money. So they'd sign up for back, and like, all right, cool. They'd spend all the money they got for 50 films on five films. And then they're like, okay, we don't have enough money to do the other 45. Mm. And then they would go find Albert and say like, Hey, uh, we have to deliver all these movies. Can you shoot all these movies for no money and get it shot in these far flung places where we have money trapped that we can't get out of the country? <laughs> and that's where he ended up shooting. So that's uh, that's that's why he was traveling around uh, so much in different places. And then he started up, uh, he started up his own film studio called Filmworks, um, and that's where he did Hong Kong '97, Spitfire, and Heatseeker. It was a film studio for people, and like I said, they they pretty much shot them all at the uh, at the exact same time here. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and before that, he did uh, the movie we talked about earlier, Alien from L.A., which uh, mm-hmm. starred Kathy Ireland, the supermodel. And he cast her... This was her
0: after, first role, right?
1: Um, yes, in movies. I think she was, did a couple of like little TV shows, but yeah, okay. he, he he cast her because uh, he saw a picture of her. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> and um that was it. Uh didn't even do a screen test. And as soon as she was casted in that, he um helped her out to take acting lessons because she didn't uh she didn't know how to act. So <laughs> that's what led her in there. But he did um he did a lot of those uh, like the cyborg movie and he did a bunch of other movies about cyborg things. But he said he had no interest in cyborgs and he never had an interest in like post-apocalyptic movies. It just seemed that those situations presented a way for me to make movies with very little money and explore ideas that I wanted to explore, even if they were controversial.
0: So post-apocalyptic cyborg Jim movie didn't happen. Yeah,
1: yep, (laughs) yep.
0: Jim Jim Borg would have been great.
1: Yeah, And, and he was originally selected to direct... Total Recall. Ah, oh. yeah, and apparently it was supposed to be the version he was going to direct was uh, more faithful to the book, and it was going to star William Hurt, and it was going to be more of like a psychological film instead of an action film.
0: Now, was uh, this before or after Cronenberg?
1: This was before. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so, so first, it's first it's him, then it, then it's Cronenberg, and then it's Verhoeven. I believe so. What? Assortment of people to burn through.
1: Right?
0: <laughs> oh, don't be wrong, Verhoeven was the right choice for this.
1: Yeah, I think by a up. mile. Yeah. And another one of his projects that was supposed to be filmed and never ended up happening was a sequel to the Masters of the Universe movie.
0: Now is this before or after we imprisoned Franklin Jellett for the first Masters of
1: the Universe movie? <laughs> So, yeah, um, I'm, I am would have liked to have seen what they did with that. There was a second one, right? No, I don't think so. Was there?
0: No, you're right. Because like, is, isn't the first one, it, it doesn't, like, in the Masters Universe movie, he
1: comes to our world? Yes. No, no that's the And right there's line. some weird magical flute or something involved. It was, it was weird. It yeah, was a weird. Teaming
0: gets, like, a teenage girl sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. That's a
1: weird movie. Mm-hmm. And um, so let's see. And then he went on in the uh, in the late 90s. He did a lot of work with rapper turned actor Ice-T. Huh. He was in uh, Mean Guns, Crazy Six, Urban Menace, Corrupt, The Wrecking Crew. And I'm not sure if you are familiar with the Ice-T song um, called I Always Wanted to Be a Ho." I'm not, but it feels like I should
0: be. I always wanted to be out. I always wanted to be out.
1: Well, Albert Pion directed that music video. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> uh, so he had his regular crew that he liked to work with. He liked to work with Ice T, Tim Thomerson, uh, Lance Hendrickson had a couple of films. <laughs> and there's another movie that I need to watch. Um... Have you heard of Road to Hell? No. And here's the reason that you are going to want to watch this movie, because it was in it was a 2008 movie that he did uh, one of his one of his kind of last or later films I should say. It was inspired by Streets of Fire.
0: Oh my God, really?
1: Yeah, and that I think even you're rules. the only person that has ever talked to me about Streets of Fire. But <laughs> <laughs> I love keep that. Tra- We're
0: gonna have to watch that
1: one of these days. Have you not seen it? I have not seen it. no, I have a copy of it. I just <laughs> never seen it. That might be like, on our list to seeing, to see you
0: i mean it's it's not exactly obscure, but it does rule very, very hard.
1: all right, yeah, but uh, so yeah, road to hell he um uh, he saw streets of fire and he was like this is, this is great and I, and I guess he just wanted to make his kind of version of it
0: but uh, without yeah. the music of Jim Steinman.
1: Right, yeah, I don't know who he got to do. Mu- I think there is some music involved in it. Um, okay, uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's definitely something that we need to keep on on our radar. Um, they had the the world premiere for this was at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, so that was cool. Oh. Yeah, so I'm uh, I we got to keep our eyes out for a copy of that Road to Hell. So wow, Road to Hell. Check that
0: okay, We might need to do like Street of Fire and Road to Hell at the same time
1: i'm I'm down that would be a good double feature. It's better than those uh three shark movies you made me watch but um so yeah that's that's really uh about all i've got uh for this movie. I do have a uh a murder she wrote connection oh really yeah uh Thompson. no <laughs> oh, carla. You, i wish uh <laughs> carla um who was the the the, the bad woman after everyone yeah. now, she was in an episode of murder she wrote called please I be tennis to one. Please be yeah, sing a song for murder. Damn. <clears throat> yeah.
0: But I've, I'm trying, I'm trying to uh, make a list of the number of people that are in tennis. Anyone?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's we're,
0: we're, it's, it's staggering. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to keep a, a, a chart on our website. I'm going to keep a spreadsheet up there so we can, we can reference this. <laughs> uh, Cause we desperately need to. So yeah. Um, is there anything else that you needed to add about the movie before we get into anything here? Um, it just wasn't for, much to the movie.
0: <laughs> there wasn't much to it. Okay, for a gymnast, the actress playing Charlie's doing pretty well because she's not mm-hmm. an actress. So mm-hmm. the fact that she's able to read the lines and get through them pretty well is okay. Um, I don't know where she's from, but that it, is a. Yeah, I had to look it up. I was going to say it is a Southern accent. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It is. It is very early, Reese Witherspoon. All right, I can see that because she's from Louisiana. There's a movie. Um, there's a movie called Freeway in which Keith R. Sutherland is like a serial killer.
1: Yeah, I remember that one. And,
0: and Reese is like the, his, like going to be his teenage victim, but she shoots the shit out of him. She's got great lines in that movie. Um, so this, this is great line. She's like, I get claustrophobic from sucking strange dick. <laughs> great. <laughs> A plus. Okay, <laughs> she plays a character in that film that's supposed to be from Texas, but it's like right in her early career, so she's doing a Texas accent by way of a thick Louisiana accent. Oh, and having been from Louisiana and living in Texas, I can tell you what the differences are. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Watch it
1: yeah yeah my kids started watching this show the uh, the haunted Hathaways, which is supposed to take place in louisiana and there's like one person on the show that actually has an accent like they're from louisiana and no one else on the show does and i'm like come
0: on they do this all of the time literally all of the time and everything that takes place in louisiana ever there'll be like a couple (laughs) people with like a really terrible like fake cajun accent right yeah and no one has like yeah and no one has like the louisiana accent which is very nasally Mm -hmm. um None of one has that, and <laughs> and and the, the Cajun accents are all terrible, and mm. you can tell because like 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 they're still like enunciating, and like accents that thick, you kind of like the words start to like blur together on purpose. It's, uh, uh, I'll get into it later. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So yeah. So that was um, that was, that was that movie. So now now you have a you have a job to do here. In a way, I brought you here to offer you a job. You think you can do it better, so here's your chance. So, you are allowed to change three things, and only three things to uh, to improve this movie. And I think there's a better movie to be had in here. Um, so, how do you do it?
0: All right, the first thing is we, we, we do the thing that we said we were going to do. Tweak the plot to where it is now about... It's still about Charlie being in danger and running into, like, James Bond's kids. But Like, that's the, that's the plot of the movie now. It's not an incidental joke. It is... The joke, the driving force, is she's, she's, she's traveling all over the world, will expand the lo- number of locations, and in every location, her contact is always another member of the secret network of illegitimate children of James Bond, who are also all super spies. Yeah. That's the first thing we're changing, because that is a hell of a movie. I wish <laughs> that movie existed right now.
1: Yes, I'm going to start writing it.
0: Second, just replace Lance Hendrickson with basically anyone else.
1: Yeah, someone that can actually commit to being in the whole movie. That would also be nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Lance Hendrickson had like like Kill Bill Volume One energy from D- from from David Carradine. He's like, sure, yeah. I'm here, but I'm more of a specter. <laughs> All right, so and so third thing, Charlie's fine. I don't know. Should we hire a real actress?
1: And t- yeah, I think that's that's kind of part of her her charm, but I think she needs to be less capable of a fighter because there's there's nothing to indicate that she's should be good at you know beating up all these bad guys. She's just a good gymnast, gymnast. So I don't understand like she just inherited badassery from her parents.
0: Of course, yeah, she badassery is a gene you get. Hmm uh no here's what she i guess what you would do in that scenario is she struggles at first but then learns to use her gymnast gymnast skills as a form of martial arts so that's your character that's your physical uh metaphor for your character art of her becoming more assertive and in her own
1: yeah like i think she should escape from dangerous situations more than combat and fight like she should be jumping and flipping and like you know making her way out of these things when people tried to attack her well
0: yeah but at first but then later she she becomes combative yes so, to to so you have like character
1: growth yeah no yeah there's no real growth in this <laughs> yeah that, <laughs> like she gets angry and then she doesn't like it's like what
0: there's a lot of movies that don't have arcs and they stick out to you because like arcs matter in storytelling and uh mm-hmm. in the absence of them you do notice that when everyone, everyone stays exactly the same person they are beginning to end
1: yep so yeah that was um that was spitfire i'm sure this will not be the last uh albert Pien movie that we watch uh I definitely not the out last albert
0: Pien movie that
1: they ever watched <laughs> No, because we are going to be watching uh Road to Hell for sure. <laughs> I'm,
0: gonna, I'm gonna add like a grim like a grim darks like a Grimcrack snipe on that one. And then then you did not
1: watch Road to Hell. <laughs> and yeah, that's about all I got. You got anything else?
0: Uh stay in school, kids. <laughs> Don't do gymnastics, well, that- not even once. <laughs> this is
1: your brain and chimpanzee. yes this and this uh, it's about wraps it up for our episode of uh, found on shelf here and if, if you uh, enjoyed this podcast or this movie uh, please like and subscribe us on whatever platform you managed to find us on and you can check us out at foundonshelfpod.com Um, We are taking the shotgun approach to social media, given the disarray that Twitter is currently in as of December of 2022. You mean Uh, the
0: world's richest asshole buying buying it and setting it on fire is going to make it (laughs) unstable? That's not the way that
1: happened. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) So if it still exists, you can find us. We're found on shelf pod on just about everything you could find Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can check us out on our letterbox feed, Tumblr, Instagram, Hive. What else do I want to call Co- counter social co-host, um, edit in whatever else up. we're everywhere. Um, grinder smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever you want to do. Um, you can find us somehow, or you can just shoot us an email. Found on shelfpod at gmail.com. Uh, Let us know what you think of this show, offer any suggestions of uh, movies that you'd like us to check out in the future. And uh, we'll see what we can do for you there. And uh, you, you have any final words of wisdom,
0: wisdom. Okay. Uh, Watch streets of fire.
1: Yeah. There's your homework for tonight, kids. Fucking do that. (laughs) I do like a theme song you're you're not wrong there <laughs> <laughs>